When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and on today's episode I'm joined by Mark Douglas and there is plenty to discuss. We start with the fact that Newcastle are unlikely to sign anyone else on a permanent deal and it's a push that they might even get a loan arrival. There were Steve Bruce's comments from his press conference ahead of the EFL Cup game against Burnley which we discuss at the end of the show. We also discuss Newcastle's start to the season, the future of the Longstaff brothers and much, much more. Plenty of questions asked by you guys as well. So sit back and enjoy the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello, welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast, live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and later on our podcast channel. I'm Andrew Musgrove, and I'm joined by Mark Douglas. We will discuss tonight's game against Burnley in the League Cup at the end of the show. So if you're listening later on the podcast and you get that point, um, and you're listening after the game, you can then switch off. So we thought we'd give you that little heads up just there. We're going to start, Mark, with uh, Steve Bruce and what he said in his press conference yesterday, yesterday about transfers. He was asked, like, is anything imminent? What's going to be happening? And he pretty much just said, you know, anything permanent. It's very unlikely. I think these words were, it's probably not going to happen. Now, not really a big shock. We've been reporting, you know, that it's likely to be loans. But at the same time, I do worry. I look at that Newcastle United squad and I do question whether they've got enough to make a comfortable season. I'm not necessarily saying they're going to go down and they're going to be in the you know right in the mix of it, but I don't think it's going to be too comfortable. And I really do think you know there is a need for at least another permanent signing. But of course, the finances at the club make that a bit a bit difficult. Well, the, the problem is part of the problem I think is the lack of sort of communication really from from the club as to the reality of the finances. Look, I know you know that they're. They weren't going to come out and start start the summer and suggest exactly where you know exactly how much money they had. And as we saw from Joe Willock, you know the way that the club works, they don't really have a budget. It's more on a case by case basis. I think what's frustrating um, is that we've seen it. You know, I think at the start of the window, the club it, with the contracts they gave out to Dwight Gale, and a few of the others as well, Fabian Share obviously getting a new contract and. Jacob Murphy getting the long-term contract as well. It was pretty clear that what they were going to do this summer was pretty much protect what they had, um, stick with it, and then uh, and then then you know look to maybe add one or two loans. I think I, I felt it would be at, the, at that point in the summer. The difference is that what they could have done, and maybe if they'd have there hadn't been the distraction of the takeover, and they'd have had other people in the club who maybe you know it was their role to to possibly look two, three, four, five transfer windows down the uh, down the line there would have been you know ways in which they could have changed things you know gone and gone out and got some um free transfers or, or went you know uh twisted a little bit on, on what they had what they've decided to do is pretty much go with what they had um it's you know i wrote about it yesterday it's a safety first strategy um and it was always going to mean that there was only going to be possibly one signing i think mean, you know Kudos to Steve Bruce for managing to persuade Mike Ashley to to go out and sign Joe Willock. It shouldn't come to that for a club that ties in Newcastle, but unfortunately, that's where we are. 
part of that's the pandemic. Part of it is, as I said, because they've re-signed all the players who are out of contract. You know, if you looked at it when Rafa Benitez left or just before he left, you could have looked at 2021 as maybe the summer when things really could have changed at Newcastle. They could have um, taken a few risks. I mean, it wouldn't have necessarily worked um, to get rid of the likes of Gale, the likes of Jacob Murphy, people that we know, um, you know, are solid. Um, you know, it's six out of ten, possibly. They, they, they may make a difference in the course of the season. Decent squad players, possibly. Um, but that was the, the approach that the club had. I think there's been an awful lot of distraction of the takeover. Um, you know, that there's stopped, I think, the club planning forward. And I think that's what we've ended up with this summer. You know, when it was clear that the takeover wasn't going to happen this summer. And, and in fact, you know, that's right on the back burner. We were left with a situation where they had to make some snap decisions, if you will. Um, so we end up where we are. I, 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 you know, for me, if, you know, the Joe Willock situation, it, they, they've obviously either taken out a bit more of an overdraft or they found some money from somewhere or there could have been a deal done in installments, which is another suggestion that I've seen. You know, they need to kind of look to do those kind of deals, in my opinion, because this squad doesn't look, um, well, it isn't, it isn't stronger than last season's squad. It's exactly the same as the second half of last season's squad with one or two players obviously missing through injury. So, like you said, it would be a massive boost for them to go out and get two um, loan players. Obviously, Hamza Chowdhury is one of the players that's been talked about. Um, I know that, you know, that there is some serious interest there. And I know that the player himself is open to that move as well and um, would be keen on it. But it'll depend on whether Leicester um, believe that, you know, letting him come out to Newcastle is, is a good move. You know, he needs games. But having said that, they've obviously got, um, they're, they're obviously fighting on a few fronts themselves this season. So is that realistic? I'd say 50-50, but that doesn't mean that it won't happen. It doesn't mean that they might look elsewhere. It's interesting that you mention, um, you know, how strong or weak the squad is. Um, Steve Bruce was asked about that in his press conference yesterday. Um, I don't know if you heard the loud music there. That was one of the adverts playing on our website as I went to get the quote. And he, he said, I'm not sure how it's any weaker. Um, well, it, it, it's probably not, but as you say, it's it's not any stronger. Um, but then I guess people might say, well, Andy Carroll's gone. You know, he was said to have been brought in um, to add to the squad. So where's his replacement? Because there doesn't seem, and I, and I don't want to be too negative. I know we're only two games into the, to the new season, but there really doesn't seem to be a plan B. We haven't seen a plan B in those first two games. And I'm not saying Annie Carroll was the answer by any stretch, but, you know, a player up front who's a bit different to Carroll, who's uh, sorry, a bit different to Wilson, a bit different to, to Gale, would be welcome because, you know, someone who's big and strong changes the nature of, of the game. And I do worry that Newcastle simply haven't got the options off the bench to actually change their, their game plan, you know, plan A. Well, I mean that that's that's one uh, thing that worries me. The other thing is is what happens if injuries hit them because where you know striker wise now they're obviously light on um, Yoshi Mutu's gone um, and Andy Carroll have both gone now. Mutu was out on loan last season. Carroll didn't play much last season, so you could argue that it's no weaker. But what happens if Callum Wilson gets another injury? He got two injuries last season that ruled him out for kind of medium term injuries for four or five weeks, both of them. Um, you know, he, he's not a player who's prone to a lot of injuries, you know, although he has had the two serious injuries. Um, but we've got to hope that he goes through the whole season fit. Alan Samaxman is prone to injuries. He's had a few since he's been here. Probably why he's still at Newcastle, to be honest with you, um, is that there are those concerns over, you know, whether he can play a full season. 
um, and the kind of money that Newcastle would have been asking for him meant that they couldn't really, um, you know, the, the teams weren't going to come in from. So that, my concern is where where are the other options in the squad? You've got Dwight Gale, but again, you know, he's had his injury problems. So then you're looking at Jalinton, um, but so far this season he's you know he's been a bit part player. Um, you know, I, I would like to see him get a chance against Burnley tonight. Obviously, ignore that if um, if they've played the game and he's um, and he's he's had a stinker. But I would like to see him get a chance because. I think I think that's there. You know, the other issue that I have is that where is you know there's nothing really coming from the um, from the academy. Um, there's nothing there's nothing really there in terms of under 23s. Other clubs have um, you know players that, that are maybe there and ready to come ready to come through. You know, I look at I look at Tottenham giving uh, Dane Scarlett, a 17 year old, outstanding 17 year old, a, a debut last week. Where's that player for Newcastle? Elliot Anderson's one of them, obviously injured at the moment. Um, but where are the other players for Newcastle? They're going to play Sean Longstaff as a number ten. Um, you know, that worries me. That that worries me greatly about Newcastle is that there isn't really that. You know, it doesn't feel like that that squad's there. It feels like at the moment this is a, this is a squad that's that's there to maybe get them to kind of mid table, um, and that's fine. But but where's the inspiration there? Where are fans meant to feel? You know, they're going to kick forward. We've seen them now. Um, you know, compete. I think in both of the games, although they've lost both of the games, and you know, obviously lost on Saturday in the end in very disappointing manner. First half hour, they were, you know, they were on top against West Ham for fifty minutes. You know, I was sitting there thinking, what have I been worried about all summer? This is an ex. This is this is exactly what we we hope Newcastle were going to be this season. You know, they have got um, they have got capability going forward. But then you've got the final 40 minutes and then you've got the second half against Aston Villa and you do worry about where those wins are going to come from. They need to win um, on, on Saturday. And it seems weird to say that three games in, but they need to they need to show something, I think, for fans. That, that otherwise, it's going to be, the feeling is going to be that it's going to be a very long season. And, you know, you talk about the squad. The reason I think that Steve Bruce is, is the, the, what a lot of fans are looking at and saying, they feel like, well, if we're not going to improve the squad, where does the improvement come from? A lot of fans feel the improvement comes from getting a manager in who is maybe going to look at things differently because we know what Steve Bruce is capable of. The last two seasons have shown what the seasons are going to look like under Steve Bruce, you know, and that is, um, you know, where we are. Unfortunately, the worry is that if he can't turn it around as he did last season, if he can't turn it around the season, as he did the season before as well, it is going to be, you know, a massive, massive struggle. So fans are going to look at the, the dugout and say that that's where... We can improve. Um, you know, I think it's probably a little bit too early um, to, to write the season off and say they're going to be in a relegation struggle. But you know, fans have had two seasons now to make the decision about Steve Bruce. And that's why a lot of them feel that way. Um, and you've got to say two games in, you know, if they're going to, if they're going to outstrip what they did last season, they're going to have to start stringing some wins together very, very soon. I think one of the biggest concerns for me is that we're only two games in and already you can sense the apathy within the fan base. Like there is no enthusiasm. You've mentioned that, you know, the way Newcastle are approaching it, where's the inspiration? You can totally understand why Newcastle fans are, you know, a large part of them are just looking at it and they're not necessarily getting angry at the performances or results. They're just kind of shrugging their shoulders and going, well, this is Mike Ashley's Newcastle United. And that plays into this, the fact that, you know, we're not going to see any more Pernham signings there might be a couple of loan deals coming if someone can come in and improve Newcastle. And it's just, you do, yeah, I can totally understand where some Newcastle United fans are sitting at the moment. I mean, I'm a fan myself, so I'm kind of in that boat a little bit as well. You mentioned there 
the under 23s, um, you mentioned the likes of Elliot Arneson. We know uh, we've got Rodrigo Vilca as another name that stands out. Now, Arneson's injured, but last season he wasn't and he was in and around the squad. Um, is it a case that Steve Bruce's got to be a, a little bit more brave, perhaps, with these players? You know, they might not yet be at the highest level, but I do sometimes think that he, he, Newcastle fans might look upon it and give Steve Bruce a little bit more of a break if actually he said, look, we're going to try and get some of these kids into the starting eleven, And if it doesn't work straight away or it doesn't go plan, at least, you know, you've got a, a youngsters coming through and he's given them a chance rather than just keeping them on the outskirts. And, you know, we look at Matty Longstaff and he's going to set the goal on loan. They're talking about bringing Chowdhury in and you, people are looking at that and thinking, well, is Chowdhury any better than Matty Longstaff? Has Matty Longstaff been given a, a proper go? It's, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, it's interesting because, I, you know, I know from, from my understanding that Vilka... Um, could could have gone out on loan. It, you know, there was the option. I think there is still the option that he could potentially go out on loan. But his belief and his uh, feeling is that he can get into that first team squad. He can be around it this season. And you know, we'll probably look at, like you said, the dearth of options that they've got up front and think, well, if there are a few injuries, then then I might be in there. Now, I don't think Steve Bruce is sold on the idea of some of the, the players in the under 23s being ready just yet. I'm not saying he's writing them off forever. Um, but he he will turn around and say, well, I'm I'm a manager of a Premier League football club with big expectations to um, to, to at least stay in the Premier League, and I need to pick the team that I feel is is, is best um, is best for the job. The, the the issue with Steve Bruce and the players that he's picked up front are he didn't really give Andy Carroll a go last season. Dwight Gale didn't really get an opportunity last season either. It was very much either um, Callum Wilson um, or Jalinton or Potentially, you know, you had Sean Longstaff playing number 10 and, and various different ways of playing. But he really did stick to players that he knew. And Callum Wilson will, will play every week, obviously. So he should because he's the best, best player in the, uh, in, in the in the team, if you ask me. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that they have to give opportunities. You know, I would like to see, you know, I would like to see some of those players get opportunities in, in, in the FA Cup. You know, we say tonight they're going to they're going to go with a strong team. But it would be great to see one or two of those players involved involved in it. Matty Longstaff's a different kettle of fish. You know, I think probably last season there were injury problems for him. Nobody kind of like really went into it too much uh, with Matty Longstaff. There were injury injury worries. And I think, you know, a bigger problem for Matty Longstaff is he just hasn't found form. I don't think he's, you know, he's really had opportunities. But I also don't think that when he's come in, maybe around Christmas last season he was good. But he hasn't really grasp those chances so I suppose it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation with 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 um with young players we've seen that you know the previous these predecessor didn't really want to give um some young players who've turned out to be really good an opportunity as well Adam Armstrong didn't get a chance Adam Armstrong's going to line up against Newcastle on on um, on Saturday a 15 million pound player got more probably got more threat than um than some of the uh, the squad players that Newcastle have got um in in, in there so it's always difficult. I would like to see, in particular, Elliot Anderson, I think, this year get, get an opportunity. I think he is he is outstanding and he could really be very, very good. Vilka, you know, he looks bigger. Um, he's certainly got the right attitude from what I hear. He's got ability, no doubt about that. He's got ability. Um, and it's just whether anybody's going to take that opportunity on him. Because, you know, you did see, I mentioned Dane Scarlett there, but you saw him play in the, um, the Europa Conference League, I think, for Spurs last week. And he was kind of anonymous, you know, that, that's... The problem, I think, that Steve Bruce will look at it is that's sometimes what happens with young players. They can be very, very, very good, 
that they are going to be a bit inconsistent. I think that's probably what's happened with Matty Longstaff. But I think, like you said, it just adds to the narrative that there's nothing really there. You know, there's nothing to kind of hang your hat on at the moment. We had the takeover last season. Everybody kind of obsessed about um, because there was no, because there really wasn't that much exciting things to, to look at on the field. Now, we know that that takeover isn't going to happen before the end of the season, let's be honest. Um, is it still there? I, I'm, you know, I'm not convinced um, myself at the moment that it's in particularly good health. Um, but obviously, we'll see. But, but there's no point in talking about it at the moment. There's no point in, in looking at it. There's no point in thinking about the bright future that could happen with Newcastle United because it's not it's not there. The reality is what we see in front of us. Um, the narrative will come when things either start getting better or start getting worse and there's fans in the ground and that's where we start to see it. You know, I think what's been amazing this season so far is that the number of people in the ground and the number of people away games probably reflects how much people are willing to get behind a, a club that, um, you know, that, 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 that looks forward and does the right things. But at the moment, I'm afraid Newcastle United doesn't really feel like that. Would you then sanction Matty Longstaff to go out on loan? And obviously Everton have got an interest in, in Sean Longstaff. What would you do with, with the elder brother? Well, I think, you know, if you get an offer for Sean Longstaff um, and then you can replace him with somebody else, I'm not saying that I would, you know, I, I think I think probably both of the brothers at the moment um, are underrated at Newcastle United. I think that Sean, you know, Actually, start to see it. It always happens with academy players that they're, you know, even outstanding ones like Sean, they do end up, I think, sometimes getting undervalued at the clubs that they're at. Um, he's had a tough year. The first season after his breakout year, he had bad injuries. Last season, I think, was a difficult year for everybody. Um, but he was playing in a midfield that I don't think really you know, too many games bypassed him. So, does he need a fresh start? Well, potentially, yeah, but but I think. What I would have liked to have seen was a Sean Longstaff that was, you know, that was kind of made a very important member of the team. But I think, to be fair to Steve Bruce, he had bad. He, it was a very bad injury that he got um, in that West Ham game two years ago, and I think probably it's knocked him back. He's knocked his progression back six to twelve months. And that's what we're seeing now. So does he need a fresh start? If they can bring somebody in who's, um, you know, maybe uh, is going to improve them, then then. Potentially, yeah, but I, I think it'd be a crying shame if he left. I think it'd be a crying shame if Matty Longstaff left and didn't um, and didn't come back and fulfil his potential. We've seen glimpses of what both of these lads can do, and they're really, really good players. Um, they're local, um, and they do have you know massive ability. It doesn't feel like that at the moment because probably they're in the same boat that a lot of Newcastle's players are in, which is where they're, they're probably just not quite at the level that they need to be at yet. Um, so I suppose my my you know my honest opinion on that one is sometimes you need to change it would depend and I don't I'm not privy to his exact mindset but it would depend on how much the player himself wants to stay at the football club if he's desperate to stay I know that the club were quite keen for him to stay as well um but if you know they obviously feel that when he's changed agents you know he's obviously got an, his, his contract situation is hanging over him it was hung over Matty Longstaff for a long time as well I think that needs to be resolved um, and if the, re the resolution is that, look, they've got an agent who's looking for other opportunities and thinks he can move them forward, perhaps it is best for, for all parties that, that he moves, moves on. But I would like to see both of them stay and, and um, play their best football for Newcastle United. Thank you for tuning in to the Everything is Black and White podcast. We'll get back to the show in just a moment. We just urge you guys to please subscribe 
to the podcast through whichever platform you use. Totally free to do. Just means every time we upload a new episode to our channel, you'll get a notification saying we've done just that and you can listen to it straight away. And if you get the chance to leave us a review as well, that would be much appreciated. That really does help us out. You can also follow Chronicle Live's new Cash United channels over on social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can email us here at the show with your feedback, your comments, your questions, whatever. Just drop us a line at the EIBW podcast at reachplc.com. And you can also stay up to date with everything to do with the club by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletter. That's also free. And you'll get a morning news roundup, an evening news roundup, and a breaking news alert as well. And that'll get emailed directly to your inbox. The link for that is in the show notes. Hit that, scroll down to sport-newcastle-united, tick the box, and you'll all be signed up. Once again, thank you for listening. And we'll now get back to the show. Just on the loan market, I mean, if you're going to go out and get a couple of players in that are going to improve your squad, it's likely you're going to have to pay some sort of, of fee. We've seen reports today that, uh, that the Manchester United who ended up at Villa, there was a fee there, and reportedly Newcastle didn't want to or couldn't pay the fee. What's your kind of take on that? Because you know that's a, it's, it's a valid question over who's going to come in on loan. That's, you're not going to require two, three, four million pound loan fee? Well, I mean, there is, you know, that that's, it's pretty standard. It's pretty standard now that you, you do have to pay a loan fee. I suppose it depends. Again, you know, we, we said the budget with Newcastle United is not so much that they don't have money. It's that you have to make an ex, you have to make a case. And then Mike Ashley has to green light that case. Um, so basically with Joe Willock, you know, if it was Salomon Rondon and it was 15 million pounds that they were asking for, it wouldn't have got done this summer. So they didn't have 20, it wasn't like he had a budget of 25 million and he had to go and decide who he wanted. And he could have gone out and signed Salomon Rondon for, for how well he's obviously a free agent. He could have gone out and signed a 30 year old striker for um, 10 million. And then I could have got somebody else who's 31 for 10 million and could have, you know, could have spent 5 million pounds. It just doesn't work that way at Newcastle United. What has to happen is they have to make an individual case for a player it goes through the various levels of management and then it goes to Mike Ashley. And Joe Willock, I think, they probably looked at and thought he's not only outstanding in terms of what he can do for the club, it also sends a message. The other thing is, you know, he's an asset. And I would think probably, I'm not, as again, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I would think that with Joe Willock, there are clauses in his contract. Which probably there is, a, there is a, a fee at which he can, you know, he can move away from Newcastle United, which I wouldn't have thought would be... Um, you know, an absolutely huge prohibitive fee. It would probably be a fee where Newcastle probably look at it and think, well, we could go and buy somebody else and, and recycle the money, which I think is probably what Mike Ashley is going to stay in charge for a while, is where they're going to have to go. They're going to have to start doing that again um, because he's not going to put capital outlay in. So that means that they have to start getting players. So it, it does probably mean that Alan Maximum at some point, they can get the 70, 80 million pounds that they're looking for for him. You sell him, you reinvest the money in outstanding players. That's what the model used to be. The model hasn't been that for a long time. Um, so I look at, you know, I look at, at Newcastle and, and sort of say, um, potentially, you know, it, did, did, was it was the reason um, was the reason for the um, the, twan, the Tonzebi um, loan fee not being accepted because they looked at that and thought, well, actually, he's not necessarily worth. Um, the loan fee that they're asking for, or was it a situation where they looked at it and said, you know, Hamza Chowdhury, well, that might be more worthwhile, worth our while, make a case. You know, that's the 
that's the problem with Newcastle. It's very much our lines aren't certain. We're not entirely certain on, you know, who the um, who, who's making the decisions. It usually comes down to Mike Ashley. So I, I would think that probably, you know, if they lose another game, it might be that they look at it and say, well, look, we need to get something in. We need to, to inject a bit of positivity into it. Can we go? Where can we go from here? That's the problem with Newcastle. That's the way that they work. I, I, I wrote this piece yesterday where I said they probably need some more football knowledge in the executive structure at Newcastle. Um, you know, a director of football or a sporting director would be um, would be perfect at Newcastle, in my opinion. But um, obviously, they're not looking at it at the moment. So I wouldn't rule out the fact that they might go and spend a loan fee that's bigger than the one that obviously, you know, reportedly has been, um, uh, you know, they've not paid for for, for Twan, Twan Zebi, sorry. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I think at the moment, it's as I said, it's 50-50 it's whether they sign anybody before the deadline. They need somebody there. Um, let's look on the pitch. Lots of questions, Mark, over selection, over formation. I mean, the five at the back or the three centre-backs or the two wing-backs is creating a lot of debate across social media and obviously within the press as well. Does that system work, do you think? Because um, I think... Albert, have you, I don't know if you more have you listened to the Boosie Newcastle phone in with Steve Bruce and um, uh, the, the chap Albert, who's a regular caller on there, made the excellent point that, in his opinion, and I actually agree with him, Richie and Murphy are now beginning to get targeted by the opposition because they're not defenders. You know, they have performed well, and I was one of those who praised Richie's return and praised Murphy in that role for adapting, and you know they deserved that. But you do look at them in the first two games and. You know their defensive frailties are beginning to show, and it's it's a worry going forward. Um, I'm just wondering, do you think Steve sticks with that formation but changes the personnel, or does he change the formation? Uh, and yeah, well, I suppose you would have to change the personnel if he changes the formation. Yeah, I think I think what they've what they had for the first two games in particular was, you know, a, a, a situation where they've probably got the players to play that formation, and I think that's is why he's gone for that. That's why he's gone for that way. He wanted to, he wants to get a team out that attack. And, you know, you've seen that that formation probably does help them going forward. And um, they are probably a bit more fluid. You saw that at the end of last season. They, they That's the reason why he knows that Murphy and Richie probably when they're on the front foot are, are good. And, you know, we say that they haven't been brilliant in those first two games, but first 40 minutes against uh, West Ham on the opening day of the season, it formation worked really well. The system worked well. They were, causing problems you know West Ham scored against the run of play in my opinion um and you know I, I felt that, that Newcastle looked as if they had um Newcastle looked as if they had a, a, a good system there the problem came in the second half when West Ham who have got capability going forward definitely no doubt about that stepped the gas up and put put it on Newcastle and I think that was always the problem it's always been the problem for Newcastle it's been the problem for for Bruce it was the problem for Benitez um he, his analogy was the short blanket Bruce you know, obviously, he hasn't talked about short blanket. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. He's always said back last season, you know, we started going on about, um, I've got to take, you know, the gloves are coming off and I'm going to play the way that I want to play and all that. Because he felt that if they played attacking football, they would um, they would concede more goals. They would, you know, they would look more, um, they would look more, more vulnerable at the back. And I think it's the age old problem for Newcastle. When Paul Dummett comes back, does that then give them a different option? Um, you know, Paul Dummett, I think probably he could play as a, on the left of a, of a of a back three, or he could play at left back. They could go back to a sort of four, you know, four at the back, uh, five, you know, maybe a four, four, one, one, or a four, five, 
four five one one you know anything that they can you know any different ways that they can play depends on the personnel that they've got unfortunately at the moment you know it is being exposed for its frailties it should in theory on saturday um be the perfect time to play that formation because they should be going for Southampton. You know, they've got the attacking players that actually do that and they should be going for it and that would be what i would, I would hope but yeah they're gonna have to change the formation because they've conceded six goals in two games scored two in the first game but you know again you know if they're not scoring then they are conceding too many goals and i think away from home in particular that's going to be an issue their next game when they come back after the international break is Manchester United now we know that they can really hurt teams so it would not surprise me if they they probably give it another go on um Saturday uh they might go go with it tonight where you know I know you're going to talk a bit about tonight I, I I'm a veteran of too many of these uh midweek league cup games um for Newcastle in August and they're always disjointed they're always difficult to watch sometimes they get knocked out I think they'll win tonight and I think they'll get through um, and a little bit of me thinks they might draw Sunderland in the next round, but don't know why I think that. I just do. Um, but again, you you know, fast forward this bit if you're uh, if you're listening after after that. But you know, I, I do think that they've probably got it's probably got to they've probably got to give it another couple of games um, before they maybe go to something a bit more solid when they're playing some of the bigger teams. I've got a question here from Roger Cook, and we kind of discussed this earlier in the show, but he thinks, Mark, do you think we'll see during this season Steve Bruce's failure to change? I have a no plan B. And I guess we look at the subs that I made during the first two games. I mean, you know, it, they've kind of been um, like flight and then the formation has switched, but it's looked a bit desperate at times. You know, I think against Villa, um, you know, people were saying there was a look of confusion on people's faces because they didn't really know what the instruction was. There was at one point there, was, there seemed to be four up front and it's, it, it's things like that where it, it's difficult, I suppose, to get the balance because we're saying he hasn't got a plan B, but then he has changed it. But to many people, it's looking a bit desperate. So it's about getting that that fine balance, I guess. Yeah, look, most people have decided that Steve Bruce tactically isn't isn't of the level that they want as Newcastle United manager. So I think probably you fit the narrative onto onto that point. And you know, they look they look they got beaten by Aston Villa because they just were beaten by a better team, a better well better drilled team, um, a team that you know looked to have a bit more about it. Um, the depressing thing for me is that Villa are two years up in the Premier League now. So this is their third season in the Premier League. Newcastle are five, is it, this, this year? Um, and have been overtaken by Villa. And they've been overtaken by a lot of other clubs as well, but they've been overtaken by Villa. Some of that, I think, is down to investment, um, which Newcastle haven't had, although they have, you know, Newcastle have probably invested a little bit of money in the last couple of years in terms of Willock and Alan Wilson when other teams maybe weren't. There is the question, the big question about the manager. And um, I think we saw it on Monday. I think I watched the Monday Night Football um, with Neville and Carragher where they talked about the top four. They were trying to be very politely, basically, say that the reason the Manchester United weren't going to challenge for the title season was because the manager. And the reason maybe Newcastle United aren't going to challenge to be in the top 10 this season potentially is the manager. Um, and that, for me, is where I think you... Um, he's going to be he's going to be the, the story for the next few the next few weeks and I think that you know for me he's got to make the right decisions he's got they've got to start putting some wins together if they won that first game of the season it becomes a very very different um a very very different story the narrative is totally different you know they they, they had a great end to the season where Bruce did by himself I think some credit and time because they really were good at the end of last season and you know a lot of the changes that he made a lot of the ways that he tried to motivate the team worked you know but he's not going to get that amount of time this season if they go into the next run of fixtures 
having not got any points. You know, you don't in the Premier League, you just don't get that amount of time. And like you said, it looks a mess when they change things as, as they did on Saturday and it doesn't get the result. Um, he has done it in the past and it has worked. He's very he's an intuitive manager. That's the problem with Bruce in some ways and the benefit, I think, sometimes of Bruce. He's intuitive. He, you know, you have Benitez who I think it was chalk and cheese really between him and him and Benitez. Benitez comes in. He had a very, very bad start his final season where they didn't they hadn't won going into October, you know, almost going into November, they hadn't won a game. And it started to feel very, very um claustrophobic at, at St James's Park. But he said, I know what I'm doing. I am going to stick with what I know. And the results eventually did turn. With Bruce, I think probably what will happen if they keep losing games, he isn't going to take that impression. He's going to change things. He's going to, um, like he did last season, he's going to say, I am going to change things. I'm going to make sure, I'm going to make sure I, I, you know, I change things. I don't let the grass grow under me. Um, and the worry with that, I think if you're a manager, it is sometimes it looks like you're kind of grasping around for solutions. Obviously, at the back end of the last season, he made those changes and they worked. So that's what we've got to hope happens this this season. But, you know, again, it, it feels like, you know, we're not talking about a big change. We're talking about a manager trying to keep Newcastle United in the Premier League until um, until, until things move forward. And I, and I understand that, look, if there's not going to be a takeover, Newcastle fans will say, well, can we go and get a Graham Potter or somebody like that who's going to, OK, it's, an, it's a gamble, but it will be a new sort of, way of looking at Newcastle. Um, I don't think that while they've got, while they're in this sort of limbo that they're in at the moment, the purgatory they've got at the moment, that um, too much is going to change and we'll just be looking at hopefully picking up some wins and picking up some runs. And, and you know, look, we know that last, the end of last season, it was fun to watch. So it's not all doom and gloom, um, in my opinion, because it was fun to watch at the end of last season. You know, they did get to the quarterfinals of the League Cup. Admittedly, it was the sketchiest run to the League Cup quarterfinals, early quarterfinals that I've ever known. Um, but, you know, they could get there and they could they could go and kick on it. It just needs one win. Um, and you hope that this this is a big week and you hope that the two wins come this week and it palms everything down before international break because it's going to feel very claustrophobic, I think, at Newcastle again if they lose these two and then they've got Manchester United coming up after the international break. Just a quick word on Steve Boussem. We mentioned how he was on the BBC uh, Radio Newcastle talking. I tweeted that I thought he came across quite well. I got a bit of stick for that, but I thought he did all right. You know, I thought there was some decent enough questions that came through, you know, about how he, he appears to talk down Newcastle and talk up the opposition. I thought it was a great question. I think he, he answered that. And, um, you know, okay, some of the questions weren't as tough as people maybe had liked, but I thought overall he came across, you know, well enough. How do you think he started the season in terms of, you know, um, in terms of that it was important, but also after games, you know, he's, he, the, the, I know Vars grabbed the headlines in the first two games, but um, that's what he's focused on. You kind of agree with that approach? I mean, can we blame VAR for the opening two defeats or is steve has got to be a bit more honest and open about, you know, okay, we just didn't turn up today. We just, you know, we weren't, we weren't good enough in the, in the, in the second half of these games. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, to be fair to him, he has said that in the past when he's felt that Newcastle have been a really poor or, or atrocious. I mean, you know, he said that last season during that horrendous run. A few times he went really, he went in really hard. He admitted that things weren't good enough and he needed to look himself. So I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's totally, um, uh, you know, like deluded in that in that way. I don't think that, you know, I, I think to be fair, absolutely fair to him, he, he has said that in the past. VAR, I think, you know, I look at, I look at some, I think we, 
what happens is when you've got an, a manager who's up against it a little bit, we do um, really well. Fans, I think, do maybe not maybe not in the media quite as much. Fans really do zero in what he on what he says and can't say anything right really in those in those situations. But when you look at all all managers, you know, I, I look at you know, I, I kind of see a lot of the press conferences and things, um, especially the postmaster stuff. You don't get a lot of deep analysis in those those press conferences. What you tend to get is very annoyed, angry managers talking about one or two things that they feel that maybe maybe haven't haven't gone their way. So I, it doesn't surprise me that he went he went to VAR. And you know, I think they have had a hard they have had a difficult, um, difficult situation when it comes to VAR. But you know, I think the worry is with something like Aston Villa is is that it's early in the season, second half, it didn't play well. And I think that what you you end up um, what you end up having is is a real disconnect between what the fans feel and what, as a reporter, you're watching, and maybe what the manager says, which is he, he can't. You know, he is going to concentrate on the positives. I think probably a bit more, and he's going to blame. You know, if there's a scapegoat out there, he's going to do that. Um, so, so I, you know, I I kind of don't read too much into what he says post match. I think mean, pre match, you know, I think there was a tendency to talk Newcastle down, but probably that comes from you know, where the club is at the moment. And, and you know, we don't like to hear it, but, you know, I think even Benitez, although he spoke really well about how ambitious the club should be, he talked the club down as well to an extent because of where they are. You know, he said it'd be a miracle if we stayed in the Premier League. So, and he didn't get as much stick for that as, as possibly something like Steve Bruce would have done. Um, I thought the BBC Newcastle interview was, was um, you know, was exactly what kind of needs to do. It's very difficult. It's like, I, I kind of always said, I've always advocated, I think we spoke about it last season as well, for um, people's press conferences, um, basically to say, look, OK, we, you know, we as journalists ask the questions that we we feel, you know, the most important. We ask the ones that, you know, we, we see on Twitter, we see how fans, um, how fans react. I mean, look, it's been very different since the pandemic, by the way, and because everything's conducted over Zoom. Um, Newcastle still, you know, I mean, Newcastle still sort of, um, because of the COVID restrictions and things, the way things are changing, still sort of um, a lot of journalists aren't, you know, not every journalist is getting into a press conference, not every journalist is getting into games at the moment. So, you know, you've got to be aware that that is the, um, that that's the situation. It's pandemic has changed the game a lot. Um, so Bruce isn't getting questioned in the same way that he is. Now, my people's press conference idea is basically to say, right, you get, um, you get Bruce on a Zoom, you say 45, 45 minutes, you get, you, you, you sort of ask, you, you get people on to ask the questions, um, that, and 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 I think you, I think it would be it would be really compelling, and I know that's what basically BBC Newcastle did a little bit. Yeah, but, but are you yeah. talking a bit like uh, the COVID nineteen press conferences that the, the PM? Does? Yeah, a little bit. I, I just think it would work because I, I think at the moment you've got a guy in Steve Bruce who he's not aloof, he's not aloof. You know, he, for for all the people have have a, have a go at him, you have people at the football club who don't talk who won't answer questions, who won't address the pressing issues on the record. They will do it off the record. They've done it before at Fans Forms off the record. They won't do it on the record. Steve Bruce answers any question that's thrown at him pretty much. Um, obviously not everyone, pretty much everyone. I think it benefits him to, to front up those questions and uh, and answer them and get some of his critics on um, to, to do it. It's always been my opinion that that would be a good way of doing things. Unfortunately, the way that professional football works we see it at the clubs where they actually try and they try to restrict access. They don't want people um, having as much access to their manager as possible. And, and I don't, I, I've never for the life of me understood why, because the people involved in football are quite capable of talking 
um, well. Steve Bruce, if, you know, I, you know, there was a lot made of, I think, last season, you know, Steve Bruce sometimes was would bite back at journalists or he wasn't, wasn't happy with coverage, sometimes in the Chronicle, sometimes in other, other outlets as well. But that's fine. That For me, that is acceptable. We criticised him. Why would he like that? Why would he not think that it's another way of, you know, he, he would want to speak in another way, you know, or, or, or answer back some of the critics that he had? So he did answer the questions that then, you know, Lee Ryder and, and Kieran Kelly uh, Put for him, and, and you know, for me, that's healthy in a lot of ways. Look, he doesn't might not like the the, the way that we write about it all the time, but the the more communication that you can get out from him um, to fans directly and through us, um, it, the better, in my opinion. So, really well done, I think, for doing the BBC Newcastle thing. You can argue till the cows come home about how well he came across. He's not going to say the things that you want him to say. That that's top and bottom of it, but. I have a lot of respect for somebody answering questions um, that directly put to them. And, you know, it's it's easy for on, on Twitter for you to say, well, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't ask the question that I want. But did you go and try and get in on there? I saw a few fans actually who who are quite critical of him on Twitter who did get on and asked him some really, really good questions. So, you know, if the forum's there. Um, the club should facilitate something, in my opinion. But it's very unlikely that they will do that. And, you know, I, I always thought the fans forum should be um, broadcast live on Facebook personally. You know, why not? Why? What is, Lee Char- what, what is the point in Lee Charnley going into a fans forum and answering questions off the record to a select group of fans? No point. No point at all. And saying that some of those things are not, you're not allowed to say. There's no point to that at all. Absolutely no point to it. It makes no sense. You've got four or five people in fans forum who may get the answers. Um, but what's the point? Unless you're going to publicly communicate, it's really pointless. Um, and I think Steve Bruce, to be fair to him, probably not the most sophisticated in the way that, you know, the modern media and the way that Twitter and social media work. Probably not, you know, probably finds that difficult in some ways. Um, but it's very honest, heart and sleep kind of guy. And, you know, that's how he is. Just finally then, we'll have a quick word about Burnley tonight um, for you guys listening later on the podcast. If- Newcastle have already played. Hopefully, they're through to the next round. I'm going. I'm going to sit in the Gallagher. Um, I'm taking the better half, so I'm hoping it's an entertaining game. Um, the last game I was at was actually Burnley just before lockdown. The last, yeah. so yeah, that was one of the. Ooh, wasn't a good game to say to say goodbye to St James's Park too. I'm hoping tonight we do see a bit of a better game. I'm hoping Steve Bruce plays his strongest side available to him. I know I wrote yesterday that. Newcastle have a chance to build momentum tonight. We know Sean Dyche is going to play what looks like a very weakened Burnley side. We had Dwight McNeil saying the big game is Saturday against Leeds. So we know where their head lies on that. And I just think tonight, with the season, the start of the season Newcastle have had, there's a massive chance to build momentum going into a massive game against Southampton on Saturday. And, you know, I, I would risk playing Wilson and St. Maxman for the first half, for the first hour, and try and get the job done early because then you've... You've, you've won, and the feeling going into Saturday is going to be brilliant. It's going to be bouncing, traditional three o'clock kickoff. Um, if they lose, then it's, it's, it's a massive game on Saturday, and we, it really should be unthinkable that Newcastle United go out tonight because if they do, Saturday will just be an absolute nightmare for Steve Bruce. It'll be nervy, it'll be tetchy before the before the game, and that never feeds in well to, to the actual atmosphere on the ground during the game, does it? No, and I think that's the that 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 would be my concern if they lose tonight. I, I don't think you know if, if Burnley are going to play a weakened team, Newcastle are going to go strong. I think Steve Bruce has been good on the, in the cups. 
um, in terms of his team selections. I think he's stayed true to what he always said he would do, which is play as strong as teams available to him with a few changes. And he's got to rotate the squad. Jeff Hendricks plays, and he um, and, and a few others. I think probably you'll see Jalinton playing instead of um, Alan Wilson. I think probably Alan Maximum might play as well. Joe Willock will get minutes. So there's enough there to win the game. Um, and I think they probably will win the match. But yeah, it's absolutely vital, um, absolutely vital for them to, to win tonight and and and, uh, and and kick on. It'll be interesting to see whether he plays Freddie Woodman as well or whether he goes with Gillespie in goal. Um, obviously, that's a, that's a question mark for um, uh, for them. You know, whether whether they you know, the goalkeeping situation's been you know how unlucky and how cursed can you be as Newcastle United to have four you know capable Premier League goalkeepers and and um, two of them injured. Uh, one of them you know, obviously with a with a really nasty bout of COVID. Um, and one of them, you know, looks like he's not going to be back until the end of October now. And he is very, very important to Newcastle United, Martin Dubravka. So, um, yeah, I think they'll win the game tonight. I think they'll get through. And um, depending on who they draw in the next round, there's a huge opportunity for them there. As I said, you know, there's Sunderland are in the draw, a few other clubs in the draw as well. I think most of the teams got through last night. There wasn't too many... Uh, Shocks um, last night, but obviously the the big clubs come in in the next round as well. You've got your Manchester United, Manchester City, you've won it three years running, haven't I think? Liverpool and other clubs like that coming in as well. So it's vital that they're in that next round, absolutely vital. Um, and um, and I think they will do it tonight. I think you know I, I think it's always the situation we need to. They'd have won the, the opening game and got something out of Villa, um, which I think they could have done both of those things. We'd now be talking about well, what was the fuss about? Whereas you know they're probably not that strong. But they're not, as, in my opinion, I don't think they're a zero points out of six for their efforts in the first two games. I think probably they've been undermined by stupid mistakes. Bad VAR call in the um, in the West Ham game. And terrible defending. Just They lost their minds, I think, in, the, in that sort of brief period. But they should have got something out of the West Ham game. Could have got something out of Villa. They're not as bad as a zero out of, you know, zero out of two, two games um, team. But they've got to go and show it now. And I think they can um, they can do that tonight. And, hopefully take something out Saturday as well. Yeah, fingers crossed Newcastle do get through to the next round of the EFL Cup. Thanks, Mark, for popping on to Everything is Black and White podcast. You guys watching and listening, please head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep a date with all the latest Newcastle United news.